Welcome to Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. My name is Rene from Reply, and today we're going to talk about the path to an open and interoperable Metaverse, likely the most important thing that needs to happen when you talk about the Metaverse. And for this, I'm very honored to have no one else than special expert guest Neil Trevitt today. Hi, Neil, and welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing good. Hi, Rene. It's really great to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Well, we love to have you and talk about all things regarding the, the Metaverse Standards Forum and many, many more topics, but more about this later. So first thing first, please introduce yourself and uh, tell us what your background is. Sure. So uh, my day job is at NVIDIA. So I'm VP of Developer Ecosystems, helping developers make good use of GPUs. Uh, but as part of that role, I'm heavily involved in open standards for 3D and XR. I'm the chair of the Kronos Group, which is a standards organization. And we have standards like OpenGL and Vulkan for 3D, WebGL for 3D in the web, uh, OpenXR for portable a a AR and VR, and the GLTF 3D asset format. So lots of kind of metaverse relevant things. And that's uh, prompted Kronos to uh, help bootstrap the Metaverse Standards Forum. So I'm currently the chair of that organization as well. Awesome. Well, we will talk about the, uh, the forum a little bit later, uh, but let me start with a simple but also complex question, which I usually ask to any guests. Uh, what is the metaverse for you and where do you see the potential and the opportunities? Yes, great question. And as you say, it's a, it's a complicated question too. Uh, I, well, I think that's, there's a simple answer. I think at a high level, most people would think that the metaverse is a combination of the connectivity of the web that we've known for a long time, plus the immersiveness of spatial computing, uh, grabbing 3D, displaying 3D, simulating uh, 3D you know, is, is, is the whole concept of spatial computing. You bring these two together, you get an evolution of what the current web is, a 2D web into a 3D web. But how is that gonna happen is the more complicated part because um, I think the interest in the metaverse uh, across the industry is so strong because that there, are, there is a real opportunity here. And the opportunity is we're bringing together multiple disruptive technologies in ways that we haven't before. And that's going to create this kind of wave front of opportunity. Um, uh, new use cases, new business models are going to be uh, enabled. And those technologies, they include you know, um, GPU processing, uh, no photorealistic real-time rendering, uh, or also GPU-based simulation. You know, so you can simulate the physical reality, not just display the visual representation uh, of it. Um, of course, you know the web uh, that we mentioned, but also XR, you know, augmented and virtual reality is is evolving. Um, there's the whole Web three basket of technologies, you know, but decentralized trust in some form you know, is going to be uh, disruptive and enabling. Um, and I think one of the most important technologies that's really behind everything is machine learning and artificial in intelligence. That enables so many new use cases, you know, natural interfaces, uh, understanding our environment, you know, smart agents, creating content, um, by users or you know, the, the platforms in, in new and enabling ways. You bring all those technologies together 
uh, you are going to get, uh, again, this wave front of uh, short-term uh, opportunities that are going to grow, we hope, into this you know, broad platform that we're, we're calling uh, the metaverse. So I think, though, it's, it's a chaotic, you know, in the mathematical sense, it's a chaotic system. We're bringing together all of these uh, new technologies and, and new uh, business models. It's impossible, I think, for any one company to have a top-down plan to say, oh, this is what the metaverse is going to be in 10 years' time. Uh, and instead, it's going to be this Darwinian kind of chaotic process uh, where we try different things and the successful business models will succeed and you know, this way front of opportunities will, 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 will expand. I think asking someone, you know, what is the metaverse going to be in 20 years' time? It's like sitting someone down in front of you know, the Mosaic Explorer in 1994, the first web browser, and asking them, now, what is the web going to be in 30 years? <laughs> you know, the, the answer would not be anything close to, to, to what we have today. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for this fantastic answer. And I love all the, the points you make. For example, also the, um, you know, I also sometimes get asked, like, why is this now different than Second Life? We already had Second Life. You know, people always ask this kind of question. I'm sure you have heard it also many times. Like, my, my response to that is also along what you said. Basically, the building blocks were not ready. Now we have the building blocks becoming ready. Some of those are very mature. Some of those are just at the beginning, right? And so yes. that's the main difference. Yeah, that's right. And you, know, you can look at uh, experiences, you know, consumer experiences like, like Roblox, like Second Life, like Microsoft Flight Simulator. You can see, you know, the I call them proto-metaverses. Mm -hmm. now, you can see some of the uh, elements of the metaverse, collaboration, social, uh, mutual um, creation of content, um, you know, real-time simulation, you know, bringing real-time weather data into Microsoft Flight Simulator, using AI to you know, create a global model of, of the world on an you know, economically feasible uh, platform is, you know, it's, it's really interesting stuff here. But I think the vision of the metaverse is we break out of those applications being individual silos yeah. and we en enable a broader, larger economy through interoperability, interoperability of many different things um, at the technical level, at the legal level, at the business case level. Um, we, if we can build uh, interoperability in a real sense so we can have goods and services flowing between these different worlds or spaces or experiences on, on the metaverse, then the networking effect kicks in and the economic opportunity is much larger for that uh, whole platform than it is for the individual uh, applications. Yeah. And I mean, you already mentioned it, um, the interoperability is an, I would say, a crucial element of to make that actually happen. Um, but what, what are some of the challenges exactly for the metaverse that is it is facing for a broader adoption in general? Um, so we could also talk, of course, about also about headsets, devices, form factors, all of that stuff. If we're thinking about VR, which does not have to be VR as a metaverse experience, first of all. Uh, but in, in particular, let's let's also talk about interoperability challenges we're facing at the moment. Yeah, it, it's, it's a great question. Um, I think the, the metaverse as a concept has some challenges, and you know, we sh should all be you know, honest about them. <laughs> I think the metaverse is going through a hype cycle. You see some crazy 
um, you know, the metaverse is going to be trillions of dollars in just a couple of years. You know, it's 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 not going to happen that fast. It's yeah. like a revolution. It's going to take longer than you think, even though the impact may be bigger than you imagine when it finally uh, arrives. And I don't think the metaverse is going to like uh, be launched one one day. It's going to be this incremental process. You know, in twenty years' time, we'll we'll look around and go, huh. You know that stuff we called the metaverse? That's actually happened, finally. <laughs> but it happened gradually. But in, in the short term, you know, I think the metaverse does face some challenges. It, it's um, it's like, I don't know, you heard the saying, that if you have multiple people, blindfolded people, trying to figure out what an elephant is, you know, they're going to be, you know, looking and uh, touching different places. And the, the, you know, they're going to have completely different ideas of what the metaverse is. I think the metaverse is over-associated with some of the technology threads. The I think in some cases, you know, it's over-associated with XR. Mm. The, the, now, VR and AR are going to be essential, but you, there are going to be many ways of accessing the metaverse, not just VR and AR. I mean, look at Roblox, right? Uh, and no one uses VR for Roblox. Everyone's just using their tablet or, or their PC and uh, Fortnite. Um, and I think the... Um, some people think you know metaverse is just web three, you know, and crypto is going through some you know PR issues right now, um, but you know, good technology will uh, emerge. But that's again just another thread. Uh, the decentralized trust will be needed, uh, but it's not just web three. It's not just XR, and and it's not just Meta either. I, I mean, Meta have been super supportive of open standards, and then we'll talk about the forum. They were one of the founder members, but just the name I think has confused people. A lot of people over over associate the metaverse with Meta, and that's the last thing I think that Meta wants to. So there, yeah. there, there are some, some some confusion. The from the from a more practical basis, the the interoperability challenge we have is that we're trying to bring together so many technologies in novel ways. Um, that there's no one standards organization, uh, you know, Kronos included, who can possibly create all of the different types of interoperability uh, standards and policies that we need. And so it's been a very uh, confusing interoperability standardization landscape with dozens, even hundreds of organizations out there, each con doing good work and contributing to the larger interoperability puzzles so we can break out of our silos. But there hasn't been a single place where the industry can actually come and coordinate and communicate uh, to ensure that between us we have the standards uh, that we need. And you know that, that was the genesis of the Metaverse Standards Forum. Yeah, so let's actually talk about the Metaverse Standards Forum that you already mentioned. Because um, what is the Metaverse Standards Forum, first of all? Um, what is the Metaverse Standards Forum doing to address interoperability challenges, and where are we actually on the journey? Yeah, it's it's been an interesting it's been an interesting journey. The um, again the, the motivation for the forum was at, at the Kronos Group. We, we suddenly found an increased interest in the standards that we have in some cases been develop, been developing for over. 10 years, no, for 20 years we've been developing these, these standards. And suddenly uh, a wave of new people that we've never talked to before 
were coming to the door at Kronos saying, no, we're really interested in your standards because they're going to be necessary for the metaverse. But, you know, it's it's much more complicated. You know, who are you working with? What's the landscape of uh, interoperability standards? And, of course, we quickly realized that, again, there are hundreds of organizations out there working on, on metaverse interoperability. So we created the Metaverse Standards Forum. It's not another standards organization, because that would make the problem even worse. One more organization do you need to go talk to? It, it's it's the singular place, a unique place, where anyone involved in interoperability standards for the Metaverse can come and cooperate. So uh, it's open to, open to anyone, any organization. It's uh, currently free, um, and there's no IP framework, nothing complicated in the membership agreement because we're not creating standards. We're just um, uh, being this communication and cooperation venue. And we launched back in June of uh, 2022, and we had 37 members. And we were lucky we had companies like Meta uh, and Microsoft and NVIDIA and Adobe and Autodesk and, and others. And I, I thought when we launched... You know, we get a couple dozen more, and you know, we, that'll be good. We can start doing some you know, good coordination. Um, so we're now in uh, February 2023, so just over six months later, we're up to 2,300 organizations have joined. And I think, I mean, to, to our pleasant surprise, <laughs> and uh, I think it's interesting. Just that participation, level of participation itself shows that there is a a genuine interest in interoperability. Now, I think the industry wants to strive towards breaking down the silos and having this larger uh, economic uh, opportunity. Yeah. But, but the, of course, the, the, the interesting challenge having so many members creates is that you need to be very thoughtful on how you organize because with so many members, it could become you know, difficult to make decisions and make forward progress. So, so what we've done is we sliced and diced uh, the, the opportunity space. The first thing we did was ask all the members, what are your top topics that you would want us to address, to help uh, address? You know, either it can be real interoperability problems that you're suffering from today, or kind of low-hanging uh, interoperability opportunities that we, you know, we, we should go and grasp. And we immediately got a list of 250 different topics, mm -hmm. and uh, but they naturally group into domains. So we have like a, a dozen or so areas, uh, domains. And we're establishing working groups where we're picking out particular um, elements of those domains and finding short-term interoperability opportunities that we can help solve today um, through the working groups uh, in the forum. And you know, we think that's a productive approach again you know building opportunity today will increase participation and in future opportunities as we have, again have this wave front building out of you know, as we get the interoperability pieces in place yeah yeah and um, uh, what you're what you're saying um, of course all makes a lot of sense especially with the working groups and you know we as reply are of course also a member of the major standards forum so I attend uh, when I when I get a chance all these meetings and like you're saying there's so much happening. It's like really, really tough to to make all these meetings because like there's a, I don't know, half a dozen or more every, I mean, I'm not complaining. It's great. I'm just saying there's real action happening, folks. Like this is not just chit-chatting among peers. Like 
is actually real work and it's very much structural. You see it in these meetings. It's like it's really working towards the goals that Neil's, uh, Neil just outlaid. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, exciting stuff. And like you're saying, it's great that there's so much commitment from all these companies that are members and also the, the funding companies. And uh, yeah, again, you know, it's so important work. You have the working groups like 3D asset interoperability, right? Such a like super important topic or uh, digital asset interoperability and, and what have you. So a really, really important aspects. Yes, that's right. And there's avatars and there's digital uh, twins. And, and actually, it's interesting that the topic that came right to the top of the list in the end was uh, ethics and privacy and inclusiveness. So, you know, it's not just the hardcore technical standards. You know, there's equally important work going on in how do we make the metaverse, you know, uh, a safe uh, and, and you know, pleasant place place to be. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it, it's very interesting to see, to see the evolution. Yeah. I, I like that you mentioned the um, Aon ethics, uh, the ethics aspect or the responsible usage is a top priority. And that doesn't come from top down folks. This comes basically a bottom up, right? This is from the members voting on these kind of topics, which are most important. And I totally relate to this uh, because in the end, like if the metaverse is succeeding, it has to be a safe place for everyone. Like that's yes. that's the most important thing. I see yes. the same way. Yes, because you know, there's going to be so much information. You know, that, you know, a great example is you know, VR. Uh, headsets collect so much intimate information you know, mm -hmm. uh, way beyond you know clicking on a web page <laughs> and so if we're not very careful we're going to lose the trust of um, the users of the metaverse and soon as you lose trust you know it all could collapse uh, in, in a heap because people aren't going to use a platform you know, right. they, that they can't trust yeah, yeah. So, so and i think that the um we're fortunate um that we've um managed to collect this large membership t together it, it creates a unique opportunity because we can now gather you know the input as to what's important and the expertise of all of these organizations you know, around the table we have the working groups you know many cases you know the world leading experts you know sitting around the table at these working group meetings and we have an opportunity to generate a lot of visibility for the work that we do the recommendations and the use cases and the testbed data that we hope to be generating for the standards, you know, we will feed those into the standards organizations. Again, the, the forum is not a standards group, but we hope to feed good in, information and support and foster the good work that the, the standards organizations are already doing. You know, we hope to have, through helping these standards organizations, we hope to have better metaverse standards sooner. I mean, that, that's our mission statement. Right. And uh, I love how you also explained it, that the Metaverse Standards Forum is a forum, but not a, a standards organization that is creating standards itself. This is also a misconception. I have been falling, I have to say. Uh, yeah. But definitely, it's important to to make that very clear. And like you said, there are already a, a lot of standards um, you know, organizations. And so it's it's better to have like a meta kind of a... It's the meta, Metaverse uh, committee, <laughs> if you will, right? Exactly. <laughs> so this is... How many layers of metric can we have? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, so much, so much good chatting, Neil. Um, I would actually just ask you uh, uh, one last question because you also mentioned, of course, AI being a, a very important aspect or uh, a building block of the metaverse. And uh, like I said, you know, you have 
like you can have better NPCs or like better kind of you know automatic conversations if you will. But what I what I find really exciting and also of course since you're also representing Nvidia, right? Like the work we have seen last year with generative AI coming out from you know OpenAI and of course other companies, also Midjourney, Stable Diffusion, and so on, um, just to name a few others. But basically, we we basically we can generate um, images right from text prompts, and uh, that's that's the news of last year, right? This year it's videos, but also even better, it's three D models, three D assets, and even animated assets. And Nvidia is really uh, pushing the boundary here forward with like Magic three D, the research or Get three D as as these uh, research that is coming out in Nvidia. So impressive, I have to say. And in fact, like just today, I saw a, a few companies are turning these kind of models into, um, you know, uh, commercial services already, where you can yes. get, you, you get a text prompt and it gives you a game asset, a character that looks like this. And you can even say, oh, I want to have it animated like this. You give it a text prompt, you get the, an animation which you can drop into your 3D engine ready to use. It's so fast moving forward. Um, long story short, my question is you, do you think it's actually, um, that is that will be driving the democratization of 3D content creation, which is pro- probably needed for the metaverse, like this technology. Yes, totally. You know, the um, there are many of us that have been working in the in the 3D industry for many years, and we've always been striving for what I call 3D's social media moment. <laughs> because, and actually, this was one of the um, original motivations for for. GLTF, which is you know, one of the standard file formats and there's USD out there as well. Um, but the whole genesis of GLTF was, it's not fair. 3D is missing out because you have a compressed universal uh, data format for media and r- real uh, commercial opportunities arise. Notice you have MP3 and suddenly you get Napster. Well, I'll show you my age, Spotify. <laughs> and you get you know, pictures, you get Instagram, you get videos, you get you know, YouTube and TikTok and, and the rest of it. Where's the 3D social media, right? And the, um, the problem has always been historically that 3D content is very hard to create. You know, all the 3D content you see you know, is, has been designed by very skilled you know, uh, um, design artists and, and engineers. I think AI is the key that's going to unlock the the door to user-created 3D content on a meaningful scale. Um, you can scan, you know, with, with your with your mobile phone. You now you can have you'll have text to 3D interactivity. Now very soon, as you say, some people are already you know um, selling commercial products, and it's evolving so fast. Yeah, I think. It goes back to right back to the beginning, saying that we're bringing together all these technologies. I do think machine learning and artificial intelligence is the pixie dust that's you, know, you sprinkle everywhere uh, across the metaverse, and a lot of things become enabled, including user content. Three D is is going to be it's going to be key because if we do break down the silos and we build this global platform, there's no way. You know, the platform vendors are going to have enough bandwidth to you know, manually create all the content we need. We need user-created content. It's going to be essential. Yes, fully agree. Well, we're already at the end of the show, but thank you so much, Neil, for joining us for this great conversation and sharing your insights. That was very much appreciated. Thank you, Renny. Um, invite me back in a year. We'll see how we're doing. <laughs> Let's do this. I'll take you up to that for sure. And well, thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of Meta Minutes. 
your bite-sized pieces of the metaverse. Watch our blog, follow our social media channels, subscribe to our um, YouTube, and uh, you can hear and don't miss all the next episodes. And of course, you can visit our website to watch all the previous episodes. Until then, take care and see you soon in the metaverse. Bye-bye.